Hey everybody, Pastor Kyle here. And uh, this week, what we're checking in on is uh, some random stuff. So I have been just, like uh, many of you, I'm sure, have been watching the news and listening to podcasts and watching what's going on in the world. And there are a few things I think that are helpful to, to think about right now um, from just a, like a biblical perspective. So uh, the first one is the like this end times feeling and there's like different things connected to that <clears throat> and as i was listening to um i think it was a wall street journal podcast the other day and they had a guy on that was talking about money markets and he was talking about the um, currency and how there's a uh, i guess a a push by many to go completely digital and to go to cashless system. Now, I know for some people, because I've already had this conversation, they feel like that's a sure sign of the end times and a sure sign of the Antichrist and what he's going to do and um, how we need to resist this. And um, But my caution for you is um, when you think about the end times, you have to think about it not as some battle that you're going to wage and win. So if you are at all curious about the end times. I mean, whether you're a Christian or not, um, people are still curious about the end times. And in Revelation, specifically chapter 13, chapter 17, um, and chapter 13 is where at the end of chapter 13 is where you have the mark of the beast that people are going to have to receive in order to, to buy and sell anything. Now, that has been misconstrued in a lot of ways over the years. Uh, I remember when the euro started to be a thing, people were like, oh, yep, there it is. Right there, there's one world government, and there's you know one currency, and um, and now these may, things may work toward that. I mean, obviously things have to be perhaps set up in a way that this would work, right? What you see in Revelation, but to think that you're going to fight it and and somehow delay it and defeat the the system, uh, you have to remember you're thinking about fighting and pushing back against a system that God has clearly said is going to happen, right? So in Revelation 13, when people receive the mark of the beast, it's going to be very specific to the beast. It's going to be a recognition of who the beast is. And there's a lot of tie-in, like uh, Revelation 13, 18, for example, says, so this calls for wisdom, it says, after it talks about the beast and it talks about, you know, the, the beast of the land, the beast of the sea, uh, it ends with, uh, let one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast because it is the number of a person. The number is 666, or some translations, old, old translations, Septuagint Greek translation has 616. But it basically says that in the, in the previous verse, uh, verses 16 and 17, it says, and it makes everyone small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, the beast's name or the number of its name. So there's clearly a connection to the beast. And by this time, the beast has been revealed. And so when we when we have this kind of stuff uh, happening and when you're reading this in the news, we can get you know, we can get uh, angry or scared or we can get all amped up and we can and there's a lot of uh, conspiratorial stuff out there that will feed that fear and that will feed that anger and suspicion and paranoia. But I think it's really, really important to remember that God said this is going to happen. This is part of the end. If you want a more biblical understanding, read Revelation or um, Matthew 24 and 25. That's the Olivet Discourse where Jesus talks about the end times. Uh, you can read, yes, you can read Revelation, but read Revelation 19. 
and on, right? And so understanding that that Jesus is going to win, right? That Jesus understands what is going to happen is and is in control of it. Will it get crazy? It will, but it's supposed to. And so as Christians, if you're, again, if you're watching and you are a Christian, or if you're watching and you're not a Christian, I think it's important to remember that Jesus says, yes, this is going to happen. And it's part of the end. Uh, it's just a fact, right? And so when you're seeing that around you, it's like, okay, so what is my responsibility? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 28, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, even to the end of the age, I will be with you. Um, Hebrews 13, I want to say five says that, uh, or maybe six says again, repeats that, that, that God will always be with us, right? You see that in Joshua one, you see it uh, at the end of Deuteronomy 31, you see this promise that we will be with you. And what I love about the Hebrews 13 passage is it quotes the, the promise made to Moses, it promised the promise made to Joshua, and it picks that back up and says, and we can still trust him no matter what. And so if you are a follower of Christ, if you are a Christian, you need to understand that Jesus said, yes, it's going to get a little crazy. It's going to get dangerous. Uh, it's really going to be awful, but I will be with you even to the end of the age. So rather than fighting it first step for us or being scared about it or being um, paranoid about it is that we need to trust that Jesus is still in, in control. And then two, our emphasis should be not trying to stop it all and not spreading misinformation, but to say, okay, my responsibility is to share the gospel. It's to share the hope of Jesus Christ. It's to share the reality of the craziness of the resurrection, to say, look, everything Jesus said was validated by his resurrection, right? He talked about the end times. He talked about heaven and hell and judgment. He talked about eternity. He talked about a right way to live and a wrong way to live. He talked about a lot of things and he said that he was God. And all that's just crazy talk from a crazy, itinerant, homeless, wandering preacher, unless the resurrection happens. And so when Jesus comes back, he made lots of promises. Um, he made a promise, again, he'd always be with us. He made a promise that he'd be coming back. And he made a promise that if we believe in his death, burial, and resurrection as payment for our sin, that we could have an abundant life now and in eternity. So I, I just, again, whether you're a believer or not, and you're watching this or maybe listening to this on the podcast, we got to keep that in mind. Like We need to understand that, that trust is a huge part of this. Fear is not. Like the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and self-control. It's out of Second Timothy 1. So we need to understand that, that that's, that's the spirit that we have. And our, our priority, again, is to trust and be bold in that trust and also love people, like radically love people. Because if the end is near, then, man, we need to make sure that we're sharing the gospel, right? Not out there spreading fear. Um, second thing, kind of along, along those lines, is uh, all the UFO stuff. Right. So people, again, asking me about this, like, what do we think about that? What? And there's all these reports and the government's involved now. And it's like, you know, what do we think about that? And I already talked about this on a previous podcast. But again, where like where do we land as Christians? Right. Everything I just said about the um, the the end times is, is still going to apply to something as weird as aliens. Right. Because then like there's the assumption I've heard it said before, like, why do we always make the assumption that just because they're are aliens out there that they're going to be smart enough to get to us, right? Like that doesn't need to be our first assumption. Now, people have asked me before, like, well, would God, are we the only life forms in the universe? My, and my, to my response or my response to that is, man, I don't know. 
you know, it's a pretty big universe. Um, could God create other beings like sentient beings? Maybe. I mean, he's God. He can do whatever he want, right? Go back and read Genesis 1. It's like, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and everything in them, right? So if, in fact, he did create other beings, they're like, well, like, then people are like, well, like, do they have souls? Can they go to heaven? I don't know. Did Jesus have to go and make another sacrifice on another planet? Like, I don't know. That's just getting into like the, to weird ideas and like, there's no way to really answer that kind of stuff. But are they finding stuff? I don't know. Maybe if they are, but again, do we need to be worried about it? Do we need to be fearful about it? It's interesting stuff to think about, but I think that there's more important things to think about, surely, uh, about what's going on in your own soul, in your own heart, in your own family, right? How are you at work? How are you in town with friends? Like, you know, how, how are you following Jesus if you're a Christian, right? So yeah, I think the alien stuff is interesting to talk about, but my just my advice, my or maybe my caution would be don't get too wrapped up into it because again, there's lots of rabbit holes that people can go down with this stuff, and then they just get lost in it, right? And then uh, the third thing would be I commented on this uh, just this last Sunday when I preached, but the third thing would be um, like the Titan submersible, right, and what that says about us, and. I told Brittany, and I shared this on Sunday, but I told Brittany when I saw this first happen and I learned who the people were that were on the boat, I realized that, man, these people are going to be lambasted. They're going to be treated as if they're not human beings by a bunch of people because they're uber wealthy. And and it's happened, right? The, the memes that people share, the things I've seen on social media about these people, it's like they're not human beings. Like they don't have a soul or like, you know, and again, it's because largely because of their money, specifically, people are commenting because they're rich and they're spoiled and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, man, is that how we should act? And and I would hope, again, if you're watching this as a believer, if you say you're a Christian, I would hope that you wouldn't talk about those people like that, right? That you would stop conversations, that you'd be bold enough to say, hey, man, those are people with families. Just because they have money doesn't negate any of that. It doesn't take away that they're made in the image of God, Right. So um, I guess that would be my my thought for you as a believer. And then, but broadly though, what does that say about us, right? How do we think about that in light of how we, we normally treat people? I think it's just, it's another thing. It's like another layer that's peeled back on where we are with people. And, and I think in a sense, it's always been there, but I think in a sense, especially what COVID did to us, right? How we relate to other people. A lot of us, uh, are reading uh, things and posting things and saying things and hearing conversations that wouldn't have really happened pre-COVID, but because so much life was driven online and then remains online, uh, we've like depersonalized, we've dehumanized other people, right? Because so much is just kind of done through a screen or through a keyboard, even worse, or through your phone. And so I think as as Christians, how are we interacting in a world that has dehumanized humans, that has taken away that imago day, unless it's you know unless it's something that we give value to, and uh, that's I think one of the one of the driving factors that I see, and because I've been thinking a lot about the the early church, and when I say that, I mean like what was the church like that Jesus started, right? What happened in the Book of Acts? What do I see in those people? What do I see in, in the historical records of what early Christians were doing? Um, and I see people that were radically committed to the Imago Dei, to the image of God. And they thought, these are people 
And we are going to do things that are radically upend our own lives, that are radical in our culture, but we are going to be committed to loving people in Jesus' name and sharing the love of Christ through how we are loving people. And so I don't like really what Francis of Assisi, uh, St. Francis of Assisi said. He said, uh, you know, share the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's the gist of what he said. But I think that we also really, yes, like go and love people, be active in that love. But man, we gotta, we gotta be able to share why, like where we're coming from. And so that, again, this is a, a lot that we, we can take into the world, right? Can we take peace when the financial markets are going crazy, when they're talking about transition to everything digital, when it's like end time stuff, you know, when there's aliens and there's like all these kinds of things, can we show that peace and that trust that, man, I don't know what's going on. Things seem crazy, right? Um, but can we have peace in the midst of that? Because really kind of connected to all this technology and stuff like that is AI, uh, I've mentioned several times, I've talked about AI, man, I've listened to so many podcasts talking about it from a Christian perspective, from a just a scientific perspective, from a worldly perspective. And there's a lot of people that, ha again, have fear about this because, man, it is growing exponentially. It's like crazy. And then you got people in that community that are like, oh, man, we should pump the brakes. But it's like, man, I think the cat's out of the bag, brother. You know, I, I don't I don't think we're slowing this down at all. So what does that mean for us? Again, are we going to be fearful or are we going to say, no, God's gotten this world through a lot of crazy stuff, right? Like Terminator may be like, oh my gosh, that's like about to happen. Or we're like, you know what? Again, for thousands and thousands and thousands of human history, years of human history, God has somehow managed to get people through some really horrific stuff, you know, and, and here we are still today. So I don't want to take a naive view of everything around me. I do want to be smart. I want to be wise, as the Bible said. I want to be discerning, as the Bible tells us we should be. I want to plan for the moment and for the future, as the Bible says we should. So I'm not saying just be like, oh, well, yeah, happy-go-lucky, everything will be cool. I'm not saying that, but I am saying we don't need to live with fear. And I know that there's a lot of people that live with fear and paranoia about the future when you see over and over and over again, Jesus saying, I want you to have my peace. John 14, 27. I leave you my peace, right? That's what he wants us to have. And then again, John 16, 33, you're going to face troubling times, but I want you to have peace. I want you to be courageous even in the face of difficult times. Like that's what we're told to do. And so if you follow Jesus, uh, I would follow his advice. I would follow his, his commands to be courageous, to have peace, right? And understand that if we do follow Jesus, if you legit believe in a risen Savior named Jesus Christ, who is in fact God, man, let's have peace. Let's have courage. In the face of all this weird stuff that we can't really control, we can't do anything about, we can control ourselves, right? We can control how we, we face these things. So that'd be my encouragement to you. That'd be my challenge really to you to maybe like pray on that, maybe think on that. And then at the end of the day, do you know Jesus is your savior? I mean, that's why he came. That's what it was all about. That's why the early church historically blew up because they were out there radically loving people so that they could hear the gospel, so that they could know eternity, so that they could know abundant life, like Jesus said in John 10. So those are the things that we get from Jesus. That's the insight we get from Jesus. And um, I think it would do us all well to, to listen to those words and really think about how we're processing that in our own lives makes a big difference. 
All right. So there's my thoughts. There's my musings kind of uh, off the cuff today from um, from just different things I've been hearing about lately and different things people have been talking about. But um, as always, you know, we always close these out by saying if this is something that was helpful, you know, liking it and sharing it. Uh, make a big difference for us. If you're listening to this on a podcast, rating it uh, is always a good thing because we really do want to just try to meet people where they are with the issues that they got going on with the hope of Jesus Christ, right? Because that's why he came was so that we could have hope, so that we could have abundant life, like I said, so we could have eternity, like I said. Uh, And so if you're watching or if you're listening, uh, it helps us out a lot. And we very much appreciate you liking, sharing, commenting, because it lets more people hear about the Savior that we belong to, Jesus Christ. All right. Thanks for joining in today. Uh, We will catch you next time. But until then, God bless.